double down trend You might wanna tune in Talking gambling and sports Predicting who might win Pop culture to movies Let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron Man versus the motto Keep it authentic And it's always live So competitive So you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe Trust you don't wanna miss Going all in Here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah Double Down Trent Let's go All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies talk sports, gambling, and pop culture. Um, it's Aaron tonight coming to you live as the uh, co-host. Ryan is off doing his uh, rightly baby duties, and I'm joined by Hughes and Coulter, who are all going to talk uh, some NFL football. What's going on, boys? What's up? Uh, you know, I'm licking my wounds here watching my Broncos blow another game pathetic thursday night performance from us so but excited to talk about the spreads for uh week seven here in the nfl before we get to week seven we are going to go back and see the week that was we're going to visit uh week six and we're going to start at one of the better games that we have been talking a little bit about off air uh, the cowboys against those new england patriots hughes i want to start with you given that you're our new england patriot fan insider go-to What's your reaction from the game? Some highlights, some lowlights. Uh, gut-wrenching loss for the Pats. I mean, I guess it's been kind of the story of their season. Gut-wrenching loss for anybody who had them at four and a half. Once it made it to overtime, I feel like you felt like that's a guaranteed cover either way. Um, you know, I think we saw what the Pats are. Uh, but at, at the same time, we were kind of talking about this before. I think it also showed us maybe a little bit more of what the Cowboys have. One, they didn't roll over. Um, And not to say that the Pats are good enough for that to happen to a lot of teams, but at the same time, on the road, a a couple of weird plays, digs with an unbelievable pick six, followed by a quick hitter. I mean, the Pats, I think it was their longest offensive play in like 10 years, probably since Moss was there. Um, But at the same time, I mean, hitting hitting that pass to Bourne, um, taking a lead back, then getting it, you know, then it goes to overtime. Um, I was a little bit upset. I think we've talked a lot about coaches uh, taking chances. Belichick chose not to. I think I saw a stat that that's they've been fourth and short four times this year. Um, they've decided to punt it every single time, um, and they're just not willing to take any chances with uh, with Mac Jones. Now that being said, I think we saw some good things from the Pats, but but ultimately, man, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are doing some things despite Mike McCarthy. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch because one, I think Mike McCarthy's time there is probably short. I think obviously they have a coach in waiting. This feels very similar. We talked, I think we talked about this last week or week four as it related to um, similar to Jason Garrett. I mean, their offensive coordinator is going to be the head coach. Um, and so I think that, you know, you're seeing that they have a good, good offensive scheme. Their defense obviously with Diggs is playing. I mean, the guy's got like a, a pick a game or more. Um, they're playing really well. So, I mean, it was a great game. It was a fun to watch back and forth. Um, really two just, you know, good teams, I thought. I mean, and I, and I don't want to say the Pats are a good team, but I think they always play close, right? Like they're they're good enough game plan-wise. They're good enough uh, personnel-wise to stay with most teams. They're not going to get blown out very many times. They did against the Saints. was kind of weird, but, but I thought it was a great game. And, again, it was it was just gut-wrenching to watch. I mean, like when you, you know, get to that point where you're like, all right, we got this, we're in this, we're going to win this, and then it – it just gets snatched away from you and you know, you're looking in the mirror and you've got two wins and you know, there's, there's a tough schedule ahead for them. They haven't even played the bills yet. Um, thankfully they have the jets this week. So we can talk about that a little bit, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think about Prescott? I mean, I think he, he proved that he might be, he might be the front runner for MVP. Yes. Hughes. Yes. 
I'm glad that you've finally been converted. The the player is not enough for this guy. I think he's definitely in the MVP conversation. I will say there's about like eight MVP candidates. I think each division winner has an MVP candidate at this point. But I, Prescott has to be at the top of the top here. He is doing stuff. And, you know, I don't want to get Hughes right back on, on air here because he's, he's taking a breath here. But uh, what Prescott's doing at the line of scrimmage is quite frankly, reminiscent of Tom Brady. This guy is a master at the line. This guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's picking apart defenses. It's actually kind of beautiful to watch. And I, of all players in the league right now playing the QB position, probably other than Brady, I enjoy watching him play because he just is a master. And the fact that he's coming back from an injury is absolutely insane to me. And uh, Hughes hit, hit it well. I'm, I'm Kellen Moore is going to be the head coach. He's a, he's a genius. Uh, this is a team uh, 195 yards per game on the ground. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, you complement that with a passing game with Dak. You know what you've got. Uh, I mean, th- this is a third down machine. They're well over. Uh, 40% on third down. You're going to win a lot of games when you do that. And you've got Prescott backing it up, especially with fourth down ability. The offense is fine-tuned. The defense is making plays. So, yeah, this team is – it's somehow it uh, it's better than their coach, and he's definitely holding them back. So uh, as much as I want to say I want to look forward to betting against Dallas in the postseason, I don't know. I mean, that's the real question. They win this division – they're going to have some time to get healthy, I think, at the end of the season because they're going to kind of coast in this division is how I view it. And uh, then it really comes down to like they're they will be in the playoffs. And it's how do we do it? Do we pick the team that we like or do we fade the coach that we hate? And uh, that's kind of going to be the, the fun little storyline here with Dallas going ahead in the next three to four months. Yep. Let's stay on the coach for a second because I don't want to give Mike McCarthy too much uh, room to uh, get away. Now, the gripe I hear about him a lot is his time management and lack thereof, uh, typically at the end of games. Do you see more than that? Do you see some of the play calling or his style as being a bigger issue? Or do you see more of just his inability to manage the game properly? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. It's like a weird thing when it comes to just watching someone during the, the course of the game. He doesn't seem like he's very comfortable at times. And I think that like the way that they not only utilize their timeouts, both the end of the half and at the end of game, um, I just think they play a, a, a brand of football that is contrary to how he wants to coach in some sort of weird way. And I think we saw that maybe a little bit with Aaron Rodgers towards the end. It's like, you've got a guy, let, let him loose. And I do think, like, thankfully, he's not calling the plays. He's not in charge of the offense. They have somebody who can do that. But when you see his fingerprints on other stuff and when you see him just kind of I don't know, his demeanor on the sideline and the way that he just kind of exudes this like lack of confidence in himself or whatever. I don't even know what it is because he actually when he talks, he seems like he thinks he's the greatest thing that ever happened in the world. But I don't know. I'm just he just doesn't instill confidence in me. And I just don't think that, yeah, their game management doesn't seem great. Um, Some of their player management doesn't seem great. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's the general manager. Obviously, the Jones family has taken that mantle. Um, But we saw with getting rid of Smith. We've seen some weird things with them over, you know, like over some of the personnel stuff. Um, and I, I don't know. I just am not sold on Mike McCarthy being the guy that when when the chips are down and you need to, you know, decide, is it time, you know, is it time to call a timeout? Is it time to regroup? Is it like I, he just doesn't seem like the guy that can figure out when the right situation to do that kind of stuff is. And I do think that Dak and Kellen Moore are bailing him out. Um, and I think and Diggs, too. I mean, their defense has played sneaky, you know, well at times. But again, they they gave up 29 to a Pats team that really hadn't moved the ball very well. 
at, you know, through the first couple of weeks. And so I, I don't know. I'm just not a big McCarthy fan. And, and I, yeah, I think the time management thing is definitely part of it, but I just think his overall just like demeanor is the other part. Yeah. I hear that. All right. We'll stay with the coach for, they got the miracle digs and Hughes, correct me if I'm wrong here. They get the miracle, not a miracle, great play by Diggs. He's a phenomenal yeah. football player. They get that play and then they follow it up uh, with the field yeah. goal attempt miss or was the miss before the or no, the miss and then they got the pick. But basically, like this guy's getting completely bailed out. I mean, if yeah. Diggs doesn't make that play, that missed field goal attempt and that decision is being absolutely dissected on uh, Monday morning. And no offense to Hughes's Patriots here, but the Patriots had no business being in like that game should not have been as close as it was late in the fourth quarter. And McCarthy, his decision-making late in the game kept it a lot closer than it needed to be. And then of course he gets bailed out with the touchdown, the pick six, and then the big touchdown from Prescott to lamb. Yeah. I mean, Hughes is absolutely right. Complete bailout plays by his players. I hated the decision-making, uh, you know, I, everything about it just rubbed me the wrong way, especially late in that fourth quarter. I just yeah, felt like the Cowboys should have had that game. It, it was fourth and two. I'm, I just pulled up the uh, the play sequence. It was fourth and two after they just got 10 yards on a Dak scramble, and they're they're down one. And right. usually I would think, like, you know, you can get another two yards. You got a 51-yard field goal. I mean, there wasn't a ton of weather, but it's still New England. I, I don't know. It just seemed, yeah, it didn't seem like – uh, a winning he's missed five think. kicks there's yeah, been six yeah, games he's missed five kicks but then you're right pick six on a bad slant pass i mean Bourne took the fall for saying it was a bad route um i don't know you could go either way tip ball pick six just brutal at that point in time um and then you know obviously the the quick score but yeah and then he, i mean again even in even in overtime like i thought belichick bailed him out a little bit again with punting the ball i think they were on let's see let me see yeah that's, they're on the, that's a great point they were on their own 46 yard line in overtime. They've been getting gashed all game for the most part. And all the Cowboys needed was a field goal. And you've got fourth down and three. I just don't understand. Like everybody used to talk about all oh, Belichick, this guns, this, you know, kind of like rogue coach and, you know, went forward in Indy back in the day, didn't get it. And now you got an opportunity again, to give some confidence to your team, you know, and, and he just decided to punt the ball. And, and again, I don't know if he thought that they were going to make a stop, but CD lamb was destroying them in the second half or at the end of the second half and in overtime. And again, Mills, typical double move just got smoked. Well, let's talk about some players also bailing, bailing out their coach. And we're going to travel across the pond for a second. Go with me here, boys. We're going to yeah. London. You like the setup? And we're going to go to that Jacksonville Jaguars against the Miami Dolphins game. Now, Coach Herb Meyer, those Jacksonville Jaguars actually showed up, luckily, and bailed him out at the game, winning 23-20. I didn't see this coming. I'm not sure if you guys saw this coming. What was your takeaways from that game? I was overjoyed to have the Jaguars and the points in our pool. But, yeah, I mean, Herb continues to confound uh, I think valuable lesson here uh, for gamblers, because here, here we're going to thread the needle a little bit. Don't make a gamble on a trade like Miami did with the Jalen Waddle, who looks like a great player, but you don't. It's all predicated on the gamble with Tua. You trade up to get this 
flashy receiver because you think you're content with your quarterback who you just drafted, but really it's a gamble. You don't know if your quarterback is actually situated. You don't know if Tua is Patrick Mahomes. You don't know if he's Aaron Rodgers. In fact, he's probably more like Tim Couch. And you make this tremendous gamble to trade up in the draft. And now I think that this team, uh, Miami, as you see, they're trending in the wrong direction. They're out of a pick next year. And uh, they lost the Jaguars. It's kind of a wild uh, thing where it's like the Jaguars, as bad as their season's going, you could make a very straight case that the Dolphins' season's even worse. Yeah. And, I mean, we can revisit this in my my, um, my, my When they get Watson in two days? <laughs> my, brain, my brain can't always uh, align this, but you said pick. It is kind of crazy that the Eagles right now, I think, have three top ten picks right. uh, or lined up. And it is nuts. Like, you, you know, they did gamble to go up and get Waddle. I think he's actually, you know, been one of the bright spots. Great that player. Be right. What, Great good, what, goods are, what good's a receiver when you don't have a quarterback? I do think they're going to go get Deshaun Watson. I do think they're dead. But I do also have to give credit to, to Jacksonville. I think that's a team that clearly has shown some fight. I mean, like, they could have easily, get you know, kind of packed it in. Um, but you want to get that first win. You want to get a win on the board. I think, like, again, that they were playing a team that is, you know, pretty significantly flawed. Um, and I, unfortunately, was on the Broncos. I mean, excuse me, on the Dolphins. And it, I think it was I think I'd been on the Jags the last two weeks. Um, and I decided to, to change uh, this this week because I was done with Herb. I mean, I got the guy stinks. Um, but at the same time, congrats to them. Big win for for. Uh, for the Jags and what will be their hometown, what, two years, three years from now when they, when they bail out of Jacksonville and move <laughs> to London. I mean, that's, that's, def, that's definitely <laughs> happening. Um, they're going to be over there before any of us know it. Uh, and, and it's going to be an interesting kind of situation, but, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they've got, um, who they got this week? I should even, are they, are they off this week? Oh, they probably have a bye because they're coming back from, they have a bye. Miami doesn't randomly oh. enough. Brutal. Which I, we could have a little mini Miami conversation as bad as they are trending Flores. If he has any DNA here, that has to be like, if he's Belichick at all by like a fourth, the fact that they don't have a buy in Jacksonville and every other team that's ever played in London has a buy. Isn't that like bulletin board material? I mean, that has to irk Miami. Am I wrong? Like they have to be I mean, furious about that. They're the first team in NFL history to not have a buy coming off a London game. And aren't they getting a team that is coming off their bye? Yes. Wasn't Atlanta off? Yes. That's even you want and to they're, dogs. Injury. they're dogs to this shit Atlanta team. It that that's like just salt in the wound too. It's like, oh hey, by the way, you guys don't get a bye, but we're gonna play a team that's been off for two weeks preparing for you. So good luck there. Uh, yeah, no, it's he's he's gonna have to pull a rabbit out of his hat. And again, I I do wonder if this trade happens. I mean, I think a lot of people have have shown that there's there's movement. Um towards this this going down and, and Tua being part of the deal. So if Tua is part of the deal, we're getting Jacoby Brissett for the rest of the season, uh, assuming that Deshaun Watson is not going to be reinstated this year and that this is more of a, a move for the future. But, again, I don't know what picks Miami's going to tra- trade to get him. So, like, I, like, I don't know what they're going to do. All right. Anything else that you guys want to touch on before we move into week seven? Unless you think that Monday night, that Monday night Monday game night. was pretty crazy. Um, again, I think a lot of people were assuming that the Bills had arrived. And I think this is a great lesson in the NFL is that just when you think that you're there, it's still the NFL. And, like, you can get beat by anybody. And this was a game that, I mean, frankly, the Titans, it was, I don't want to say it's a must win. It's early in the season. But, like, they needed a key win. They needed something. And King Henry, he showed up. And he showed out. 
It's an absolute beast. Well said. Hughes, uh, the minute I submitted that pick and then I was listening to the podcast because uh, I couldn't make it last week, I had, I had a horrible feeling I switched my pick to the Titans. And uh, you actually got me on the whole like train of thought. And that is actually my first pick, not to jump ahead, but like this idea that I've had about playoff teams from last year getting way too many points. And like the Titans are a great example of that. Five and a half points for a team. Whether or not you think their defense sucks, if you think they're a junior midget defense, it doesn't matter. They were in the playoffs last year. They're home. They shouldn't be five-and-a-half-point underdogs against Buffalo without a major injury. Tannehill's healthy. Henry's healthy. Uh, what am I missing here, right? Yeah. I, Can't have a five-and-a-half-point dog like that. And then you'd think my best bet is the Titans because it's the exact same line, but it's not. Mr. Mott, I'll throw it back to you and then maybe throw it back to me. Yeah, no, I think I think we continue to go there. It sounds like you are moving into one of your picks for week seven. All right, yeah, it's not Tennessee. It's actually another team that made the playoffs last year. I love, uh, and I'm going to take football team plus nine and a half against the Packers in our pool. This line has already moved down to seven and a half. I can't really know why it has for football team. There's no really benefit of betting football team, but the trend is definitely in my direction, which I love. I love the move the money degrees with me, especially this early in the week. Uh, I'm going to test out my theory here. This is a playoff team from last year. I know they're sub 500 uh, from last year, but at the end of the day, they competed with the Super Bowl champions in a playoff game, and that cannot be taken away from this roster. They have value here. They are, I'm buying them at an all-time low. This is them at their all-time worst. They will not get lower in the market. Packers that are at an all-time high. I'm going to fade them during this stretch here because they have a Thursday night game against the Cardinals that they're looking ahead at. Uh, two weeks ago, this is a Packers team that struggled against Cincinnati in all sorts of ways. Uh, yes, football team is bad, but they're highly motivated here. If they lose this game, I think they're, it's close to say that their season's over. Heineke, this will be his last start. So the third and fourth quarter for him are basically his career. Um, where is the Packers motivation? I don't see it. Bakhtiari is not going to play. He might play against the Cardinals. So I, I think this is a game where the Packers kind of mail it in. I think we get a lot of A.J. Dillon in the second half. And uh, without Jair Alexander, I think McLaurin can definitely have a couple big catches late in the second uh, half of this game. It looks like the tight end backup, uh, Fields Jones, is going to play. So that gives them another threat in the passing game. I know Samuel's out, but Overall, uh, too many points for a playoff team last year. It's not my best handicap of the year, but I'm going to test out my theory here uh, and and think the Packers maybe check out of this one a little early and uh, the football team covers the spread. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm. I, it's an interesting take. I, this this game's not wasn't really on my radar because again, there's some weird lines this week. We'll probably get into a few more of them. This one was definitely one of them. Of like. Is the is this team that bad? Like, but Heineke has proven that he's not. I think because it's in Green Bay, um, Rodgers has also been like a little bit like, I don't know what he's doing this year. I don't know if this is like the Rodgers tour, my ability to finally speak my mind. Like, yeah, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. He was he's been going rogue on cancel culture and all this shit. Like all the stuff. This like I don't get it. Like he was on McAfee. I think he's got a weekly spot on McAfee show. Um, and like again, he just. Yeah, I think that they sleepwalk through this game. I think Washington definitely can can keep this close. The key is is Gibson playing. I think he's gonna play. He's battled through injuries, you know, pretty much for the last two years. Most of them kind of the game time decision type stuff, toe, foot, 
ankle. But um, but if he plays, I think that they've got a really good shot at keeping this one closer. Um, they've scored points. I mean, the overall in this game is 48 and a half. So, I mean, they, it's not like Vegas thinks like there's not going to be points scored. And I don't think that it, that's just going to be the Packers. So, I, I mean, I like that. To get to 48 and a half and win by 10 is a lot. I mean, like that's – like the Packers are going to have to really put up a number for that to be the case. So I like the pick. I'm not on the pick, you know, like in terms of in, in this uh, scenario, but I may, I, I was originally on the Packers just based on the fact that the, the favorites just rolled last week in some situations, but I like it. I like that case for Washington. Yeah. And you you're know, not- Hughes just hit on one of my key points. That I forgot to mention there. And, and that was such a good uh, thing that you just said there about a, uh, I'm sorry. What what was the thing that you just said that I I loved? It was your, your second to last point. It was just like that was exactly my handicap. No, I just think it's a lot of points. Like I mean, 48 and a half is the overall. That's and yeah, the, the yeah, total. I think it's definitely attracted me to that with nine and a half points and a total that's that low. That's Vegas saying that this game is going to be a little tighter than probably people think it will be. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And. I- I'm nothing, no disagreement for me. I I, uh, I think that's a ton of points, and I like that the market has already started to move. So um, I like that Washington football team plus nine and a half. Uh, Hughes, I'm going to go to you for your first pick. So in in rare fashion, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the exact opposite of what I did last week, and I'm taking the Chiefs minus five and a half at Tennessee. I just can't. I I'm, I don't know if maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment. But again, I think the Chiefs found something the last week, maybe. I think that they come out. I think that they can put a number on the board. I think the Titans, again, they're happy. I mean, they've got to be happy, right? They're four and two. They won last week. Again, this fits a little bit of the hungry dog runs faster. Uh, the Chiefs are three and three. I think they need this win more than the Titans do. And I think five and a half is not a number that's going to be that hard for them to keep. I do think, obviously, that Henry is the X factor here. And if he can run a little wild, then maybe um, they can keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand. Uh, but I do think the Chiefs um, kind of, I don't think they have trouble covering this number. Mr. Model, I know you want to talk Chiefs. <laughs> take, take. <laughs> I, I like that pick too. So all, all week I've heard people talking about how Tennessee has been a better team and that they can't get their points to, you know, Tennessee plus five and a half. I think you're seeing a Kansas city team who's starting to put it all together. I think their offense is really starting to click. They've already been clicking well, but Mahomes has had a couple more uh, turnovers than what you'd expect. I think you're, you'll see that he gets that back in line. I think they're going to continue to be at the level that they're playing at offensively for the last couple of weeks. And Hopefully they can dampen what uh, Derrick Henry's been able to do in terms of running ball for Tennessee. I agree with you. I, I like Kansas City in this spot. I would take them uh, minus five and a half, even though it, this opened four, quickly jumped up to four and a half, which tells me a bunch of the Sharps liked that number, and now has opened up after a couple of days to five and a half. So maybe it's gone too much, but I, I still like the Chiefs here. Yeah. Uh- I only have a couple of favorites on my card, which is weird because I know the dogs, uh, the dogs are going to be popular this week. And so I, I want to be hesitant, but the Chiefs are one of them. I have Chiefs, Patriots, Rams, Bucks as my only favorites that I'm, I'm leaning towards this week. And I think Kansas City has an advantage with uh, Tennessee's secondary is bad. There are three corners that are actually going to play. They have a lot of injuries are rated. I think it's 147th, 150th. 
first and 164th on pro football focus. These are the guys that are going against the best pass offense in football, arguably. And uh, I know you can say that Washington's pass defense is bad and and the Chiefs, you saw what they did against them. So it's kind of negligible. But like, I think there's a chance here where Kansas City hits 50. I really do. I think that's I know that sounds square as hell, but I, I think when you think of Kansas City's offense, you think of Ty Hill hitting the maximum. This could be one of those games where it's just like there's a team that just can't stop him. And uh, and quite frankly, I don't think they can stop Kelsey. So <laughs> this is exactly what the Chiefs live for. Uh, you know, I had this in my handicap last week and I don't want to go back to it. But like Tennessee is not very good against the spread when Henry is like X out of the game. They're able to keep him in the game last week against Buffalo. But like if it gets to the point where they just can't keep their offense focused on him. They're a much worse team. Like, they really are. I don't know what the exact uh, numbers are, but, like, it's like if his snap count or carry count is below a certain threshold, them against the spread is, like, one of the worst teams in the league. And so it's like if Kansas City puts him in that that corner, I love this side. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to take Kansas City. And uh, I think Monday Night Football, I always am going to take fade the team that won on Monday Night Football. It's just kind of like a knee-jerk reaction. You know, I think one of the big things I'm going to be looking at just as a football fan is um, what action Josh Gordon seems to get. How many snaps um, will he be out there for? How many balls, if any, will he get thrown his what way? What is this game where he just gets a 60-yarder? <laughs> that would be fantastic. Like, you got you got to root for a, a comeback to try to get the guy's life back together and, and to perform well. He just seems like an absolute stud on the field, and they've praised – him in practice so i would love to see some of that stuff come come together i'm glad you mentioned him too because maybe i'm just imagining things and you guys can push back feel free hardman i feel like the last two weeks has been a lot better for kansas city he's kind of vital for them because it's like if if defenses can respect him and, and to your point mr model about gordon it's like if, if defenses can even give a shred of respect to their other receivers it is just Kung Fu fighting for Ty Hill and, and Kelsey. It really is. It's like that is all Kansas City really needs as a defense to just give a whiff of respect to their two and three receivers because Hill and Kelsey are just mismatched nightmares for anybody. Well, yeah, and I mean, I never thought they would miss Watkins as much as they have. Like, I mean, Sammy yeah. Watkins is like a an afterthought in my brain. And then I look at this team and I'm like, who are they missing? I'm like, wow. Are they really missing? But you're right. If anybody can ever fill that second fiddle, I think Watkins did a good job at times. He got banged up a little bit. Hardman is definitely the guy that they want to do that. Um, and I think that they found some creative ways to use him. I think they'll continue to. But you're right. I mean, Josh Gordon I, he did play a little bit last week maybe, but, like, didn't get any targets, I don't think. And I think that they were just, you know, trying to get him maybe a sniff of the grass and feeling like he can, you know, got to be back on an NFL field. So I do think they'll work him in more. He's just one of those guys, like, his game, I don't know if it vibes with the Mahomes game. To me, his game is like a throw me the ball, throw the ball up, you know, whether it's like sideline fades and stuff like that, deep balls. And not to say Mahomes doesn't like to throw deep balls, but he's like a contested catch guy. Mahomes likes to scramble around and find these little scat guys that are just running wild down the middle of the field because the safeties turned around like uh, Jamal um, Adams out in, out, in, out in Seattle, look, just looking at the stars, trying to figure out where the, somebody went. So, I mean, that's where, that's where I think Hardman is really the guy that can really step in. Um, and Hill's got to be healthy, too. That guy, I mean, he's another one who's banged up a little bit. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on the Chiefs here. Again, I think they, they're just 
they're due for that game where they're like, okay, we're back. And I think a lot of people, it's funny, like the first half, like, oh, Mahomes, did you see that pick? He played so bad. What they end up winning by? They rolled. I mean, like, it wasn't like that game by the end was close. Um, and so at the same time, football This team, defense, yeah, this 31 defense to 30. isn't even capable of forcing a turnover. I, as bad as he's been, or quote-unquote bad, I'm not going to say he's bad. He's had a great year, in my opinion. Uh, this defense will not turn him over. The Titans D is, this is as bad of a matchup. He's going to yes. cut them apart. Yeah, I mean, so Washington football team up 13, 10 at halftime last week against the chiefs. They lose 31 to 13. I mean, that's, that to me is what I think they carry that momentum game to game. Momentum is not usually a big thing in, in any league. Um, but at the same time, I do think that they keep this rolling. I think they kill him. Okay, let's uh, let's go to Casale's first pick. He sent them in. I have it right here. His first pick is the Colts plus three and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. What do you guys react to that? Um, I'll go first on this just because, like, I've been big on the anti-Shanahan thing. I, I'm going you back and forth. What are you talking about? You're big. You're, you're, the, you're the starter I'm of the, the captain club. Of the fan club. Yeah, I'm the captain of the Shanty the the Stakes fan club. But at the same time, Colts have had some injuries. I mean, can we really expect Carson Wentz to win two games in a row? It's on Sunday night football. It's in San Francisco. Niners coming off their bye. Ugh, this game scares me. I'm not going to crossfire because, again, uh, you know, our friend's trying to make sure he can support his young child, and I don't want to take any more of his money. Um, but at the same time, I, w- I was in initially on Indy. I saw what their safety – just they just announced his hurt. They got some guys banged up. Um, don't know if T.Y. Hilton's playing. Not to say that that really matters, but I don't know. This is one of those games where we could see the you know when like you change starting quarterbacks and you like to have the bye week to kind of get them ready. Um, they didn't really have that. Uh, now if Jimmy G plays, which he might, I think I'd take Indy all day. I mean, give me give me Indy with Jimmy G. If it's Lance and they they let him have first team snaps all, all over the two weeks, then maybe maybe San Francisco can put a game, together a game plan to win this. But um, I'm gonna stay away. Coulter, anything from you? This is totally stupid. No, I'm I'm on Indy here. Hughes again. I listened to the podcast last week, and I've I've become a disciple on the anti-Shannon. Honestly, the one uh, silver. Thank you, by the way, Hughes. I, I I canceled my psychiatrist for this week because I didn't have to go because you freed me from the burden of what if we had hired Kyle Shanahan and not Vance Joseph a couple of years ago. I'm not as worried about that now. It's, it's free to my psychological burden as a Bronco fan. Um, and, and anyways, this is a really stupid reason to be on Indianapolis, but Carson Wentz last year went to San Francisco, Levi stadium beat San Francisco 25, 20 with a bad Eagles team. They were winless at the time. Uh, San Francisco, I know was hurt. I know they had a lot of injuries coming off that East Coast road trip last year, but still, this is a team that was supposed to go back to the Super Bowl. They were in the Super Bowl the year prior. Philly walked in there, beat them straight up. They didn't have a good receiving core. Fulgham and Greg Ward were the top two receivers. All I know is there's something about San Francisco I don't like. Hughes tapped into it last week. Uh, I'm going to fade him. I like the points. I like Reich as a coach. He has something about him as an underdog. Uh, Nelson's coming back. And, yeah, if, if the handicap is that Wentz can't have three straight games that are good, no, I'll, I'll, I'll bet on Wentz having three straight games that are good and three and a half points. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Colts. I'm anti-Niners right now. Okay. 
I'm going to go with my first pick. I've been going back and forth here. This has been a little bit of a struggle bus, but uh, I've landed. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles plus three and a half against the Las Vegas Raiders. I am a little surprised that I'm landing here and going to get on board with Nick Sirianni. Um, I am a Jalen Hurts fan, and I think that he's going to be good. Now, this is an offense that has, you know, has started to get it going. They've in the last four games, they've scored 21, 30, 21, 22. Now on the other side of the ball, the defense has been just God awful. So one of the, my hopes in playing Philly plus three and a half is the defense is going to pull it together a little bit. I don't love how they're coming in versus how the Las Vegas Raider offense has been playing. The Raiders have been really stepping it up and playing well recently um so that's not certainly going in my favor but i look at these two teams and i i think you know relatively even um you know certainly not a huge discrepancy between them and if you're going to give me three and a half points well shit i'm going to go ahead and take it what are your thoughts this is my bet of the week key pick for colter eagles plus three and a half i love it mr model uh this you know i've had a couple bad weeks here on the pot i'm I'm fairly confident in this one. And this this I actually feel like I know about. Philly's defensive line is going to fucking murder Oakland or Vegas's offensive line in a way that Denver could not last week. Up front, Philly is better, and they're going to manhandle Vegas. This is going to be a one-sided game on offense. It's all going to be about car hitting rugs deep, which is such a fucking load of bullshit that should have never happened fucking last week. The Eagles will not allow it to happen. And if it happens again, I'm going to stop watching football. It's bullshit. <laughs> the only way that the Raiders cover this three and a half bullshit spread is if car hits rugs on two big deep balls. And it's just not going to happen. That's lucky bull crap bullshit football. And it just will not happen. I love Philadelphia here. This is best bet of the season type shit. I love Philadelphia in the points. I think the car passing offense is overrated. It's all contingent on that deep shot crap, as I just said, rugs. Uh, last week was an aberration in the Mile High City. They they rallied up for the firing of the coach. Sirianni, if he wants to coach in the NFL more than uh, after this season, he's going to have to be the assistant interim coach in Vegas here. Uh, this is a clear spot for Philadelphia. If they, if they have any hopes, they lose this game. How are they supposed to make the playoffs? How are they supposed to make the playoffs? They lose this game. It's over. Their season's over. There's no hope. Hertz is a gamer. I love Hertz being in a spot like, like that. Uh, Raiders defense. This is actually my most important point, And I'm going to throw one more thing and I'll toss to Hughes. I have two things. Raiders defense is overachieved to the naked eye. People actually think this is a good unit. Uh, stats say differently. 4.5 yards per play last four games to the Bears, Broncos, Dolphins, Chargers are great offense, but the three teams I just named before that are fucking abysmal in offense, Bears, Broncos, Dolphins. This is not a good defense. The Eagles will get 4.5 yards. I know they don't run. I know Sirianni's a stupid coach. They will get yardage against this team. They will cover the spread somehow, some way. This will be a stupid game, even if the Raiders win 2019. The Eagles will cover. And my last point, and I'll toss to Hughes, we just start, and this will go full full circle here. Cowboys might be the best team in the league. What did the Vegas odds makers say on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago? Eagles, Cowboys, three-point spread. 
Philadelphia, according to the odds makers, is three point spread against potentially the best team in the league. Now they're a three point underdog against a dog shit Vegas team. I love it. Yeah, I mean, let's jump on the Moneyline Express, too. I mean, this is a Moneyline Express. Let's do it. Let's make some money for the kids. This is another one where we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I I do happen to live in the general vicinity of the city of Philadelphia, and I will say I've been fucking shocked at how many people are going to this game. This is going to be three-quarters Eagles fans. It's going to be completely going nuts, and I will agree with you. The, the bubble of the Gruden thing and like, oh, we're going to rally. We're going to rally. That shit popped and that is going to be going down. I am 100% with you guys. I think Philly wins this game outright. You got Lane Johnson coming back. I don't know if he's going to play, but just getting a guy like that back in your locker room, he's been having a lot of trouble. The, the opportunity to rally around a guy like that. I do think Hertz has been playing well. I think they've found some stuff on offense that it's worked. They need to run the ball. I made this fucking pitch to my wife. My wife is an Eagles fan. I, she grew up just outside of Philadelphia, just maybe his relative. It's about 45 minutes. That being said, they have two fucking running backs in the backfield every single play. Jalen Hurts is one of them, and fucking Miles Sanders is the other one. Somebody needs to fucking explain to me why a coach, when you have two guys that can do the same fucking thing well, doesn't choose to do it with either of them. Nick Sirianni will figure that out this week. They will run the ball more. Miles Sanders will be featured. He will have a big game. The fucking Vegas Knights, Rye, whatever the fuck this team is, Raiders, they're they're going down, I think, in a blaze this week. I think you see – I mean, I think you might see a big uh, – like, not. I'm not going to say double digits. I think the Eagles, I think they just roll in this game. Again, I think it's going to be a home game for them. And to your point, it's a must win. They don't have any other choices, and they know that if they can scrap a couple of these wins together, they still ha- get to play the fucking Giants, which I think that's why Kaz bailed on this. He keeps blaming his poor daughter. She's going to have a stigma for the rest of her life because he just doesn't come <laughs> on here and talk about that shitbag team that he roots for up in fucking New York. And on top of that, they get to play a fucking football team. So, again, they need to win this game. I like like it. I like it. Eagles have to be, by default, have to be the second best team in that division, right? Yeah. They got to be. Their offense has a pulse. Like, they do have decent players that have been playing better. I think they're trending in the right direction. I love the pick. Yeah. I love it. I love the team trending in the right direction. They competed against Kansas City, which is important to me, I think, too. Okay, let's go to another must-win game, and I'm going to give you Kaz's key pick before we roll back through you guys. Kaz is taking the Patriots minus 7.5 against those New York football Jets. What is your guys' reaction to that? Uh, I'll run this down first just because it's it's pretty easy for me. I mean, this is exactly what you want if you're the Patriots. You're coming off a tough loss. You need to get a win, and who you get rolling into town? The fucking Jets. And maybe the Jets know that, and maybe the Jets are taking that personal, but I fucking doubt it. And they might be coming off a bye, but I'm not sure if a bye helps them. Because at the same time, they're so fucking bad that I just think that they're probably outthinking themselves in the locker room. So, I mean, as it stands for me, I think the Pats, I think the Pats win this easily. Seven and a half is a little scary with that hook over the top. I mean, again, if you can find it at seven, buy it down a little bit. Uh, if you're betting on it, it might be might be worthwhile, but at the same time, I think they win by 10, if not 14. And just for the record, I'm looking at uh, lines right now. I am seeing some clean sevens out there easily available, so that's not too bad. All right, Coulter, I'm going to go to you 
Well, you already you already had your key pick. It was the Philadelphia one, so you're all set. So Hughes, I'm, I'm gonna go to you. Squared away. That put it in the title of the episode. This is like a double down <laughs> strap again. I I love Hughes said break out the money line train. I completely agree. I love Philly money line. So I'm going back to old faithful boys. Um, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna ride or die on this pick. Um, I will say when we were talking earlier, I got my key pick flipped around. So my key pick actually is the Chiefs. My this pick that I think is my second favorite pick of the week, <laughs> I might jump back on the Moneyline Express for this one too, but I'm going with the Bengals, boys. I Ooh. think the Bengals are – first of all, everybody – anytime Baltimore gets in this position, they always play like shit. So the six-and-a-half to me is, a, is, is the ideal number for going up against this team. One, it gives you – I think – again, I can see Baltimore winning by a field goal. I'm not saying that they're not – that this is – but I think Cincinnati could win this game. I think they're playing well enough. I think that they – this is, again, a rival. I think the game potentially means more to them than, than it will ever mean to Baltimore. And I think they go in there, and I think they put on a nice performance. It's a 1 o'clock game, so it's kind of like one of those like big games buried in the fucking early slate. But at the same time, I really like Cincy plus 6.5. Um, again, I think this team has showed a lot of fucking fight. I think they've showed a lot of grit. I think that people have thought that they weren't that good. Um, and I do think that, that Joe Burrow's proven he's he's not – showing the ill effects that I thought he would have maybe a little bit longer into the season. I mean, we saw, heard all the shit in preseason. He's come out. I think he's shown that he's a leader of this team. They've got, I mean, they've got some weapons. They've got some fucking weapons. And if they can get the ball outside, which he's been shown that he can do. I mean, shit, we saw the coach. Anybody seen about what's been going on with Coach O? Was Coach O even coaching LSU or was fucking Joe Burrow coaching? Because I think Joe Burrow should have the national championship as the head coach on his fucking Wikipedia page instead of fucking Coach O, who's out there with every 22-year-old girl in America just trying to have a good time, boys. I'm just trying to have a good time. Not happening. Joe Burrow's the best. I think that I like Cincinnati. I've talked myself back into the money line on this. I think you could run a Cincy Philly money line parlay. I did it last week with I think it was the Cardinals were the were dogs straight up, and uh, I can't remember who the other one was. But again, I think that there's some good money line action out there to be had. You know these games like they're crazy. And, and honestly, the rest of the slate, what are you going to do? You're going to throw money at 15 and a half, 18 and a half, 12 and a half. I mean, some of these lines are nuts. Like, I don't know what, I mean, I, I would have loved to pick one of those games, but I'm just going to ride the dogs, assuming that they're going to keep it somewhat close. I mean, this is the fucking NFL. If Houston gets beat by three touchdowns to an undefeated team, ooh, I mean, it's time to really start to look in the mirror, boys. I think that is a bizarro spread. 18 and a half points in week six, week seven, week, whatever. Yeah, like what is happening? Like, I don't know. I can't imagine they're that bad. I love what Hughes just said. Let's let's break this down here because this could be a double down trend extravaganza part two. There are six, count them six because of the bye weeks, one o'clock games, and they are fucking awful. Other than Bengals and Baltimore, Goodell has to know that if there's any chance of retaining the early one o'clock audience, it it lies in this Baltimore Bengals game, which to Hughes's point is a great game. I mean, five and one, four and two. These are two good opponents. You've got Burrow versus Jackson is a phenomenal uh, storyline for that division for the next 10 years, potentially. Absolutely great. I mean, arguably the best quarterback, young quarterback uh, division battle. And ba- you add in Baker. It's like the AFC North is really a great little storyline there for young quarterbacks. Uh, 
I love this. I think this game is going to be close. It's the only chance of a game being dramatic other than maybe Tennessee and Kansas City in that early slate. Uh, I, I expect this game to be very tight. I I hate Zach Taylor. That's my one uh, apprehension here. But six and a half is a lot of points. A division game. Uh, you have to think Cincinnati has to have some sort of pride. They've been blown out by Baltimore a bunch. Baltimore is barely holding it together with their running backs. And like, I think most importantly, Baltimore has had a gauntlet of a schedule here. Uh, I think at the regular season or at the preseason, when they looked at this game, they probably thought of it as like a, a sigh of relief that oh, finally we got Cincinnati wrong. This is actually the toughest game they've had all season. They've had a lot of really hard games so far. I love the six and a half here. If I had another best bet, I would actually make Cincinnati's my third pick of the week. Yeah. I like this one a lot. Well, for, for me, I, I agree with you guys. It's, it's been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde for the Baltimore defense. You know, they've given up 33 to the Las Vegas Raiders, 35 to Kansas City, 25 to the Indianapolis Colts. Jekyll or Hyde, depending on what you like. And then seven points to the Broncos, six points to the Los Angeles Chargers. Both impressive in those performances. What the heck are we going to get in this game? I suspect more of the former instead of the latter. I don't think this defense can hold this uh, Bengals team to, uh, you know, under 21 points. Just real quick, just pulled this up. Baltimore has given up average 277 passing yards per game. League average is 248. They're giving up 7.27 yards per pass. League average is 7.04. I just think the way that the Cincinnati Bengals want to play football, they are going to have an opportunity to do that. Now, whether they can or not obviously remains to be seen. Burrow's going to need to protect the football. But again, you're talking strength versus weakness. And maybe both ways. I mean, like, the rushing yards, I mean, since he's been okay against the run, they haven't been great. Under 100 yards, but, you know, under four yards of carry. But, like, you know, I think I think it's going to be an interesting, you know, we start to hear about it in boxing all the time, right? Styles, style makes fights. Like, this is one of those ones that style is going to make this fight. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch because I do think you're going to have two teams that are going to want to do what they want to do, and the other team maybe isn't as good at stopping it. And we're going to see which one prevails. Love it. Okay, uh, I'm going to go to the last pick that I have, my key pick. You know, sometimes you just got to pick against bad teams. You just got to do it. So that's where I'm going. I'm taking Carolina minus two and a half against the New York football Giants. I do not need to say any more that than the Giants are a hot dumpster fire. Uh, that team is just raging right now. There's not much going on. Tons of injuries, uh, on the, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think it's going to be a strength against weakness. Carolina defense, you know, not as good as people have probably expected, you know, after the first couple of games. They're coming down to earth a little bit. But against the Giants, they're going to look like a freaking Pro Bowl team there. I think I don't think there's going to be, uh, you know, much ability to stop the pressure. Um, there's certainly not going to be much of a rush game with Devontae Booker uh, starting for the Giants. Um, the only question mark to me is, is Sam Darnold going to be able to put together a game that where he just manages it, doesn't extend himself, you know, throws an interception, that's fine, but doesn't throw three. If so, if it's just one interception, I think Carolina easily covers this game and wins right outright. What do you guys think? I like yeah, I mean, a young athletic Carolina defense against an injured uh, Giants offensive line. I think it's a home run spot for them. My one apprehension is Darnold is just trending down, 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 down. And I'll let Hughes kind of 
issue his opinion on here because it's just like that's really the handicap it's like everything points in carolina's favor but it's just like if darnold is as bad as people his worst critics think he is is he if he's that bad you actually have a home run spot for the giants right if he's as bad as his worst critics think darnold is the giants are actually the side other than that it's carolina 100 times out of 100 yeah the line to me was a little the thing that was a little weird. Like again, I thought I thought this line might have been a little bit more skewed towards Carolina, but given how bad Sam Darnold's been, I get it. And and that's where like again, like guys come back to earth, people become who they are. It's kind of like baseball, right? I, I mean, I'm a big baseball fan. We've talked about it a little bit. Kike Hernandez has been great, right? He was hitting 600. That wasn't gonna keep up. That shit doesn't happen. Same with Sam Darnold. He's not a seven-touchdown, zero-intercepted type of guy. He's a seven-touchdown, seven-pick type of guy. That's the type of guy he is. That's the game he plays. Now, against this Giants team, their defense fucking stinks. Their offense isn't much better. I don't see how Daniel Jones makes as enough of a difference to win this game or even cover the three points. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the Panthers with you. I just think the Giants, like, I mean, their coach came out and said, you know, the the fish stinks from or stinks from the head, and that's on me. And like, okay, great, Joe Judge. Well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I think what, what it comes down to is he doesn't have the, the pieces to really do anything. I mean, again, I don't know if Tony's playing. That was a tough injury for them. Obviously, he had been looking a little bit better. They've got a ton of guys that are hurt. Um, their offensive line, other than Thomas, has been good, but everybody else has just been fucking awful. Um, and so I think, again, I think they come out – I was a little concerned – uh, for Sam Donald's confidence when their head coach was like, we need to figure out how to run the ball better. Um, no, you need to figure out how to fucking not throw interceptions. Um, but at the same time, they, they do need to establish some type of run. I don't know if Chubba Hubbard's the guy. I don't not like his game, but like he's just not like that NFL explosive type running back. But I do think he'll do fine against this team. They need to get DJ more the ball more. They need to, I mean, what didn't they draft Terrence Marshall? Like where, like where are some of these guys that they brought into the fold as tr- to try to Robbie Anderson, they paid a bunch of money to, they got to get these guys the ball. Robbie Anderson, I'm looking at right now, he's got 15 reception for 190 yards on the season. Like they got to get some. And I think the Giants is a perfect remedy to do that. The Giants have been terrible. I love the Carolina pick. Any last thoughts before we close the book on week seven? Um, yeah, can the Browns get a first down and take a knee so we don't have to deal with them <laughs> kicking a field goal and us losing the spread? Kidding. We're kidding. Come on. All right. Let's leave it right there. We, we... Perfectly. That's exactly what I'm rooting for. Man. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. thought my fandom would come to this, but honestly, <laughs> as we started out with this pot, I'll bring it home. We're not going to win this game, so might as well cover the spread. All right, next week we might be having a Dr. Melfi session with Coulter on how those Denver Broncos have started out so hot and now have faded, I don't even know, like a bad pair of jeans. We don't have an owner. All right, that's it. That's it for this week. Thanks for uh, listening. Stay tuned. We'll see where we land next week, and, you know, maybe we'll have more or less cursing. We'll see.